Welcome to the Advancing Women Podcast, where ambitious women come together to challenge the status quo, advance their careers, and up-level their lives. The Advancing Women Podcast is hosted by gender equity expert and executive coach, Dr. Kimberly D. Simone. Welcome, warriors, to the Advancing Women Podcast. January has been about goals, goal setting, big, radical, audacious goals. But today is February 1st, and February is the month of Valentine's, of love and relationships. So it is a nice opportunity for us warrior women to reframe this from the perspective of the relationship we have with others to the relationship we have with ourselves. I'm pivoting from love and passion to self-love and self-compassion. Let this be a time to focus on our self-love, self-kindness, self-care, and self-compassion. And I'm going to be honest. I've always had a bit of a paradoxical relationship with self-compassion and even the fundamental tenets of self-compassion. I think too often I've seen self-kindness as somehow not holding myself accountable, as somehow opposing a growth mindset. Self-improvement tends to lend itself to standing out, being your best self, no excuses, being accountable. And this has, if I'm being honest, sometimes felt at odds with self-acceptance and the language of self-acceptance, that you are enough or even forgiving your mistakes. And as I've researched this further, as I've committed to self-compassion as part of my self-growth, I've begun to see this as a false dilemma fallacy. And a false dilemma fallacy is this false dichotomy based on a premise that erroneously limits your options to either or, right? It's one or the other. Somehow, self-compassion and self-kindness are the opposite of self-motivated or goal-driven. And this is really a fallacy that it's one or the other, that it has to be either versus and. I have often incorrectly oversimplified this choice, what I see as a choice, by excluding other viable alternatives, by thinking in either or, again, clinging to, I have to be goal-oriented, I have to be accountable, I can't cut myself slack, I can't make excuses, and I can't do so especially in the name of self-compassion. But it's interesting because the research on self-compassion actually supports a synergistic rather than opposing nature of self-acceptance and self-improvement. So, for example, research shows that people who accept their bodies as they are lose significantly more weight on average than people who believe they are, quote unquote, too fat and need to lose weight, even when both diet and exercise. And this is because, paradoxically, the shame associated with being socially unacceptable sabotages our efforts to meet those social expectations. As vulnerability and shame researcher Dr. Brene Brown notes, Shame is the gremlin who says never good enough. And shame is highly correlated with negative consequences from addiction to depression and more. And again, warrior women, this is a real challenge for us as women, especially because as Brene Brown notes, shame for women is the quote, web of unattainable, conflicting, competing expectations, end quote. And even though we're not talking about shame necessarily here, as Brene Brown notes, Empathy is the enemy of shame. So growth for women then must be shifting from a mindset of seeing self-growth as in conflict with self-forgiveness 
or self-compassion, seeing these as opposing rather than complementary synergistic skills, practices. And I purposely use the word skills and practices because these are areas we can work on and hone. It's not just mindset. It's mindset, skill set, and tool set. How can we, especially as women who are often held to unfair, unattainable, even ridiculous societal expectations, foster the skill of self-acceptance with intention strategically in ways that serve us, that are a part of, rather than in opposition to our self-improvement and growth goals? Because self-acceptance has much to do with letting go of externally imposed standards that we too often measure ourselves against, often based on the opinions or unfair judgment of others. So in this way, self-acceptance is just as important as self-improvement. It's intertwined. When we grow and learn to accept ourselves, which often means practicing self-forgiveness, self-kindness, acknowledging and interrupting negative or sabotaging self-talk. When we commit to self-compassion and self-acceptance, we free ourselves for true and lasting growth and self-improvement. I once read that no amount of self-improvement can make up for a lack of self-acceptance. And this to me is profound. I'm guessing that some of you will really relate when I talk about how I've struggled with feeling like being hard on myself, not accepting myself as being quote unquote enough has been a part of my growth. And that requires a shift. This mindset shift is really about understanding the balance we warrior women face to both be content, but also to strive. But ultimately, this is about enhancing the skills of and then choosing self-kindness, and self-compassion as the roadmap to growth versus self-judgment or being hard on ourselves. This allows us to focus on kinder, more self-serving thoughts. It helps with celebrating the small goals and victories. Yes, still be goal-driven and have that growth mindset, but also forgive yourself. Show yourself compassion and kindness for your mistakes or shortcomings, because mistakes are part of achieving those bold, radical, audacious goals. And this is about being intentional. Think about a time when you've been self-critical, maybe even unkind to yourself for missing a deadline or making a mistake. Think about how you judged yourself, how you talked to yourself. Then think about a time your best friend told you about a mistake she made. How do you respond to your best friend versus how you are responding to yourself, to your mistakes? It's important to remind ourselves of the shared humanity of imperfection. If we know that nobody is perfect, that to err is human, then why do we feel like we need to be perfect? Why do we too often fail to practice compassion and kindness when we make a mistake? We need to rethink perfection despite being conditioned to believe, as women especially, that we never quite measure up. We need to interrupt those external biased narratives that feed our inner saboteur. As author and clinical psychologist Ann Wilson Shape said, quote, perfectionism is self-abuse of the highest order, end quote. The external world is tough enough on us warrior women. We should be on our own side. Practice self-kindness, practice self-compassion, embrace our imperfections. And I love this line from Pulitzer Prize-winning author Jampa Lahiri from the book, In Other Words, quote, imperfection inspires invention, imagination, creativity, 
It stimulates. The more I feel imperfect, the more I feel alive, end quote. And these affirmations are more than just words. They serve as reminders and narratives that help us combat less kind external narratives that often don't serve women. This reframing is a great growth skill to hone, identify, acknowledge those times when the saboteur is screaming judgment. Consider the harsh judgment, then consider the evidence to the contrary and drown out harsh, self-sabotaging judgment with the self-compassionate response. We have to be intentional in the moment. Life is happening. You're doing your best. It is enough. And that doesn't have to be at odds with doing better moving forward. Self-compassion is both acknowledging that you're doing your best, but also understanding that you are a work in progress. So being patient with, rather than punishing yourself for your shortfalls or mistakes. I remember a couple of years ago, I was training for a half marathon and the date of the marathon was coming in fast. And I was not training as much or as often as I should have. Life was just getting in the way, other responsibilities, it happens. But I was looking at my time when I would run and it felt abysmal versus my personal best running times. And so, of course, I started to berate myself about taking too much time off and now I'm going to run way under my personal best and all of these things, right, that don't really serve me, that don't motivate me. And then I saw this meme that said, quote, no matter how slow you're going, you are still going faster than everyone sitting on the couch, end quote. And it really struck me. It had a really significant impact on me, that perspective. Okay, you didn't get the training exactly right, but you're in it. You're doing the work. And being unkind and unforgiving of yourself doesn't feel appropriate when you're trying and you're in the arena. Only valuing ourselves or earning self-kindness as a result of our personal best when we're winning, that is not serving. That's about ego. It feeds our self-esteem. And self-esteem and self-image are important, but I would argue that there is good research to support that self-compassion is more powerful and lasting than self-esteem. It's less fleeting and less contingent on the judgment of the external world. Dr. Kristen Neff, who's been empirically studying self-compassion for almost two decades, is a pioneer in the field of self-compassion, and she has analyzed self-esteem versus self-compassion. And I love how she distinguishes how thinking about ourselves in reference to others has an impact on our self-esteem, whereby our self-esteem to a degree is contingent then upon our relationship to others. It's contingent on where we fall, whether we are winning or succeeding. So for example, if someone was listening to this podcast and were asked, how did you like the podcast? And you said, you know what? It's average. You know, it's solid. I would be devastated. If somebody told you in your job that you were average or in any domain, it would likely be really bothersome. I think for most people, we have been conditioned in a way, and this is especially true in societies that value exceptionalism, that our value is in some way in being better than, right? We have to be better than. We can't be okay with being average. We must be above average. And of course, everyone can't be above average. So that's the challenge. It's this win-lose paradigm, right? You have to win to a degree at the expense of someone losing. You have to be better than if you want to be above average. 
And unfortunately, there can be consequences when we have to feel special or above average all the time. And we're seeing this in long-term research studies over past several decades, which are showing increased levels of narcissism. And of course, this can be a consequence of having to feel special or better than all the time. It can lead people to feel compelled to find ways to ensure they feel this way, feel special, exceptional, to feed our self-esteem. And that is why self-compassion is so powerful. It is not contingent upon being better than others. It's about recognizing that we are in some ways all the same. It is about humanity and understanding that as a human being, we are worthy of self-compassion. It is not contingent on being better or more or winning. And self-growth can be conflated with self-esteem, which punctuates the need to win, to be better than over and over, prove it again and again and again. Self-compassion is stronger and lasting because it's about recognizing not that we are different or better than, but rather that we are human, just like everyone else in many ways. And as such, we are deserving of kindness and compassion. So part of self-growth then is learning how to be intentional in growing our self-compassion, developing the same compassion that we have for others, for humanity on the whole, for ourselves. And Dr. Kristen Knapp, through her research, has identified three components to self-compassion. And the first one is self-kindness. And this may seem intuitive, but I think if we're honest, most of us would say that we are kinder to others than at times we are to ourselves. So think about if you have a friend and they make a mistake and they come to you distraught, really railing on themselves about their mistake, you'd likely be empathetic, understanding, compassionate, and kind. You would likely try to help them understand that making mistakes is part of the human condition. And especially warrior women who are daring greatly and in the arena, trying to reach those bold, radical, audacious goals that we've talked about so much in January. You would likely remind your friend that she doesn't need to be perfect. She doesn't need to get it exactly right all the time to be deserving of kindness and compassion. None of us need to be perfect, but yet we don't have that same conversation with ourselves. We can be far less kind, far less compassionate and forgiving of ourselves. So self-kindness and self-forgiveness is really important And that ties to the second component, which is this idea of common humanity. That is, that as human beings, we do not have to earn compassion or kindness, right? To some degree, we earn the esteem of others. So self-esteem is based on others' perceptions, the external. So this common humanity emphasis on not distinguishing ourselves as better, but in acknowledging common humanity and a belief that we are all deserving of compassion, empathy, understanding is really something that we should embrace. It's not about being better than or winning or above average. Those things are not necessary components for self-compassion. It doesn't mean we're not striving, but it does mean that we don't have to earn self-compassion and kindness. And finally, the third component of Dr. Naff is about mindfulness. And that's really paying attention to and acknowledging the types of things that perpetuate this negative self-talk, the sabotaging things that we allow to happen, right? Those sabotaging narratives. We must be mindful and intentional. It's not just enough to say, well, of course, I believe I should be compassionate with myself. It's a practice. 
It's a commitment to the practice of self-compassion. And again, this can be an especially powerful tool for women because we have so many inequitable and unrealistic societal expectations placed on our shoulders. We are held to such high standards, whether it's the way we look, how we are judged as a mother or a working parent, how our competency is judged in the workforce, the constant prove it again that I talk about often. It can all be overwhelming. The constant demands, even the expectations that we be better than. But growth, true self-development isn't about being better than others or constantly proving we are enough. And that is where self-compassion and an internal voice that supports rather than sabotages us can be so powerful. And when we talk about being intentional, it's partially increasing our awareness of our own needs, of our own feelings, so that we can interrupt messaging that creates roadblocks or hinders our journey in ways that don't serve us. This is about creating self-compassion systems, right? In what areas do we need to practice self-compassion or self-patience? What tools help us to be more patient and more compassionate? Who can we turn to? What warrior friends? What tribe can we turn to to help when we're struggling with acceptance? Sometimes this shift from mindset to tool set and thinking about improving our support systems is key. How can we improve our support systems to help us along the journey? As Oprah Winfrey says, quote, surround yourself with only people who are going to lift you higher, end quote. But ultimately, the goal is for one of those people who's going to lift you higher to be you. Mark Twain said, the worst loneliness is to be not comfortable with yourself. And so we warriors are worth the work of being more comfortable with ourselves, being forgiving of ourselves, and being accepting of ourselves. This is about the intentional work of self-compassion. So here's just a few tips on being intentional. First, check in with yourself, right? Interrupt that fast brain thinking with that slow brain processing. Reframe the narratives as needed. We must be mindful of the bad habits of not being self-kind, self-compassionate. We have to begin to see the reality of the way we talk to ourselves, the way we respond, the care we give to ourselves, the kindness we give to ourselves, and make changes to move forward in ways that better serve us. Second, we have to be mindful in distinguishing error from identity. There's a difference between that was stupid and I'm so stupid. That was thoughtless is not the same as I am thoughtless. So we can be more self-compassionate by being more precise in our language and not generalizing these negative narratives every time we get it wrong here or there. That doesn't mean you are a person who is always wrong. You are a human who sometimes gets it wrong. Next, treat yourself like you treat your best friend or somebody you love. Having compassion for others is often more familiar to us, easier for us, so we can tap into that energy. This is about including ourselves in our circle of compassion. Consider the way you interact with your friends, how you can bring that to your own self-talk. If you heard somebody saying the things that you say to yourself, to your friend, what would you say? Would you say what you are saying to yourself to someone in your family who you love or a dear friend? How would you feel if you heard someone talking to someone you love the way you are talking to yourself? Being compassionate to others can be very intuitive, and we need to tap into that to be compassionate and kind to ourselves. 
And finally, as I talked about in the beginning of this episode, we have to be mindful of this dichotomy where we see self-improvement as opposing self-acceptance or self-compassion. We can pair self-improvement with self-acceptance. Affirmation and self-improvement statements that go together. For example, I love my body and I will support it through healthy habits. You can be accepting, but also goal-driven through your habits. You can say, I am a good friend and I will support that by being a good friend to myself. I am worthy of that promotion or dream job and I will continue to build the skills I need to get there. You get the idea. It's not either or. It's self-improvement and perhaps even through self-compassion. And so my manifest statement this week will be a few beautiful quotes that I love on self-acceptance and self-compassion. Mandy Hal said in her book, Single Woman, Life, Love, and a Dash of Sass, quote, life isn't meant to be lived perfectly, but merely to be lived. Boldly, wildly, beautifully, uncertainly, imperfectly, magically lived, end quote. Author Louise Endrick said, quote, to love another human and all of her splendor and imperfect perfection, it is a magnificent task, tremendous and foolish and human, end quote. And finally, the oft quoted on this podcast, Brene Brown said, quote, imperfections are not inadequacies. They are reminders that we are all in this together, end quote. We are all in this together, warriors, and we are deserving of growth and success, but also self-kindness and self-compassion. For more resources, you can visit my website, www.advancingwomenpodcast.com and connect on Instagram at Advancing Women Podcast. I love getting your feedback, so please email me at Dr. D. Simone at advancingwomenpodcast.com. I just want to thank Joe Jacobs, the audio warrior who wrote the music for this podcast. And a huge thanks to Heather Harris, the creative warrior who designed the Advancing Women podcast logo. And thanks to all of you for joining me here today.